Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch romantic comedy. You have to be two people, the saint and the sinner, the librarian and the stripper. You can't tell from that line, this week here on romcomcom.com, we are going to be doing the Gerard Butler and Katherine Heigl classic, The Ugly Truth. Uh, and as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Justin, and my uh, other co-host Co is right here, and her name is... Sarah! <laughs> uh, Sarah, right off the bat, what'd you think about this film? Just well, high level things. I really, really liked it. This may have been the the one that I've liked the most. Oh no! But I was also intoxicated when I watched it. Oh, it two drinks in. Well, that's not too bad. But they were home drinks, so they oh, were no. definitely stronger oh, liquor no. drinks. Uh huh. So I was having a good time. Okay, I I made it to her first date scene, and I was super pumped up about it. And then we hit the first date, and I was like, oh, no, this is not going to be something I enjoy. And oh, it, no. And it looks We're like... We're so different. Well, and it looks like the good people at Rotten Tomatoes agreed with me on this one. Oh, they hated oh, it. Oh, this I movie know. has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> a 65 on IMDb, which I think is very gracious. 28 Metascore. 28% on Metacritic. Um, box office to $205 million, so like a hey. lot, lot more than I thought was going to happen. I mean, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. It just I just loved the ride, man. It just carried you. <laughs> it just went. Did you see this movie like, when it was in theaters or is no, this the first I've time? No, this is the first time I've ever seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cuz this I'd never even heard of this. The problem is that was close to a month ago and mm -hmm. it's really problematic because I don't remember a lot of it now. Okay. And I'm blaming it all on you. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, and absolutely. <laughs> this is all my fault. I really enjoyed it, though. I did not watch like, it. Maybe I was able to skim over. It's like at a party where you're like able to skim over the awkwardness because you're drunk. So yes. you don't remember it. Or maybe it didn't happen. I don't know. But there were so many things where I was like, they're just going for it. And and I like it. I'm just along for that. There was not, there was not a lot of like explaining why things were. It was just cut to the next thing. And I was like cool you're on board for we're that. just gonna do that because i'm you're... i get really tired of when people like try to explain this is why this ridiculous thing happened or you should care about this character's inner story because and it's like just just go just plot you know i think you literally just described what a drunk person would want in a movie like just keep <laughs> let's just keep it moving baby that's so. why i liked it so much i think the one interesting thing about this movie right off the bat we haven't dealt with in a romantic comedy and a lot of them don't do they went for the r this oh, is an yeah. R-rated movie. Straight R, yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, even before we dive into That's it. That's fun. Like, as you were watching it a month ago, and I was watching it last night. <laughs> with, it, so they went for the R, but like, this very easily could have been a PG-13 movie because it didn't... How it got the R was obviously like language... There was a lot, a lot of, of masturbation kind of... Jokes and things, yeah, but... Not thing... Yeah, where she she had like vibrating panties at one yeah. point, but they very easily could have gotten away with a PG thirteen, and the movie wouldn't have suffered because Where's the like fun in that. Well, no, but the thing about that got me was that it, they went for the R, but it, with language, but they didn't do it like an Apatow where they it made the dialogue seem more approachable and real, 
And they didn't do in like, mm. uh, there's something about Mary way where it was like, okay, we're going for just vulgar adult humor. It really felt like they just want to get Catherine Heigl to say cock for most of the movie. Mm. That's what it felt like to me. And to get Gerard Butler, it almost when he would like say sex things Gerard or escape Butler things. Gerard Butler is just an R type guy though. Like it needs to be R. Well, no. And I, and I like that she punched it up. Like it put them in a space that I was glad to see. I'm, I'm prepared for the R rating and it's about the ugly truth. It's about this shock jock kind of guy yeah. who says things in, that are inflammatory. So it needs to be R because R is like the real deal. This is how people And, and I get that. Talk. But the, the thing I wanted out of that, if you're going to go for the R again, go for at least like a, a something about Mary over the top. Like, okay, yeah. they had vibrating panties, but I felt like that could have been in a PG-13. Or again make the dialogue feel more real to me. I 100% agree with you on it. I just don't feel like they committed to the R. I feel like they were like, eh, you know, like, fuck it. Let's just make her say cock. Let's put in a couple cum jokes and call it a day. Let me just summarize the plot real, real quick in a minute summary. So when we jump around, if you haven't seen this movie, you can follow it. This The basic plot of this movie is that Catherine Heigl works at a news station. She's a producer. She's a producer at a news station. The show is failing. They bring on a shock jock that does a, a, a bunch of stuff about... Sex stuff. Like sex stuff. Yeah. He comes on, punches up their numbers. He goes on to help her try and start a relationship with the guy of her dreams through the movie he slowly realizes he's in love with her and then at the end there's the usual grand gesture they get together okay boom that's the one minute summary of this movie now that you have a basic idea so if we jump around all right um, number one yes katherine heigl looks more like herself when she's blonde yeah did you hear my vocal fry in that situation i still don't understand what vocal fry is i got stuck at the bottom Katherine Heigl looks more like herself when she's blonde, is what I just did. And that's vocal fry. Huh. That's vocal fry. Because I got stuck down there. Okay. And I couldn't get back up because I didn't have enough air to force it higher. I guess I'm just used to that's how you talk. And to me, that's that, I talking. talk. Most, most women now do. But if you listen to radio in the old days, it mm. was more like, I'm Doris Day, and I'll mm. never go down in that range because it's going to hurt my voice, and no one likes to hear vocal fry. Okay. You know? no, now I understand vocal fry. There uh, you go. Yeah, no, Katherine Heigl looked good in this. I like Katherine Heigl in this thing yeah, overall. Yeah, she's amazing. Katherine Heigl just, she's hot, man. Yeah, no, she was smoldering She's got this nice thing. boobies. Yes, yes, she very much does. Okay, so that's one thing that I also didn't understand in this movie. He made her sound, so he gives her, Gerard Butler gives her a makeover at one point mm-hmm. and makes her look frumpy. Uh, or make he phrases does? though she, it makes uh, phrases as though she looked frumpy going in. I thought she looked pretty like it was professional but it was professional but good yeah Mm -hmm. i would be if if i dated a girl that looked like that Mm -hmm. i would not criticize her outfit whatsoever and he's sitting there like your boobs look flat like they did not look flat in fact she was looking (laughs) i mean she looked it would look professional i kept kept making brian brian is this accurate come here look at this is this right he's like not no yeah i don't think about that i felt like they were really stretching on some of (laughs) some of that stuff that they were doing with the uh, ugly truth yeah, so, you know, it starts off with her coming in, and they're trying to display her as, like, super uptight. I felt like in 27 Dresses, they displayed that character as being a lot more uptight yeah. than this one. This just felt like someone that is a mm-hmm. was just good at her job. Yeah. I, she never came across as, like, a neurotic crazy, except for 
the the part that lost me in the movie was when she went early on her assistant like set her up on a date with someone online and gave her this dossier on him and it was was e from entourage yeah and that was the part where they kind of lost me where she sits down and it's like oh yeah no i pulled a police report on you oh no this that and the other like over preparing i don't think i ever told you this i went on a date like a tinder date with a girl yeah and she told me that she almost pulled her police report on me because she was not because of me not because of me she was like i've never been on an online date and i was kind of freaked out and i thought about pulling a police report on you because she worked at like a courthouse and she Uh. could do it and then she went yeah but then if they found out i could lose my job so i had a girl kind of lead with that actually huh we only went on one other and date. And you're not together. <laughs> no, we went on. We went on um, one more date after that, and it was, fu- you know, it was fun enough. Just no, no real chemistry. But mm-hmm. I have actually now that I'm thinking about it, had a girl pull that. Like, there you go. Not she didn't pull. It's out not the endearing. Report. No, it was, it was kind of insulting in a way. But at the same time, I kind of got it that if you're a girl and you're meeting up with a guy kind of randomly, but it wasn't like we met in a Walmart parking lot. We were at, you know. A restaurant that was populated in a brightly lit area. What is it called? Cafe Bella? It was at Cafe Bella, yeah. So, um, big surprise. Yes, Cafe Bella to the <laughs> listeners. Cafe Bella will come up through this podcast several it times. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. It's a great restaurant here in Columbus. And it was my go to dating spot to the point where the staff would high five me. So, <laughs> they knew. Uh, God, this was a great movie, actually, for us to talk about because so how, how Gerard Butler gives Catherine Heigl dating advice. Mm-hmm. Your husband was my Gerard Butler. You realize yeah. that. Yeah. Sarah's husband, when I was chronically single, helped to craft my like online dating profile he mm-hmm. would help me like you know figure out what to say to women roughly yeah, yeah. not helpless but then once i got out in the field i was really good at picking dates on my own and so we'd go my go-to restaurant was a place that did you just did you, out in the field just i was really good at picking dates on my own well i mean like picking the activities that you would that oh, you okay. would do i was good at picking the, the activities i was good at picking the women i'm attracted to well, that actually did come up to that actually did come up to, up for debate a couple of times, and I got talked into going on a few dates with girls that I wasn't initially attracted mm. to, and I had a fantastic time. Yeah, so good. sometimes other people need to be a good it's voice. It's kind of like when I do a recipe on Home Chef, and I think this isn't going to be any good, <laughs> and then I try it, and I'm like, this is actually one of my favorites, and yeah. I never would have expected it. There, there was a girl that another friend of ours, he Joe, Joe got my phone. We were mm-hmm. sitting at a bar on a on like a Saturday afternoon. He got my phone, and she a girl randomly responded to me, and he set up a date for the next day. And I was like, kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. Ended up being the most fun. Like we went on a couple dates after that. Wow. Ended up having the most fun, like wild night out. Nothing came of it, but like, yeah, wouldn't have done that without Joe. Had what an, does that say about Joe? That he wanted to actually just. What is he looking for? Can you guess? He uh, talked to her about bicycles for a while. Oh, no. Of course. (laughs) For a new friend to talk about bicycles with. (laughs) I think that's all he really wants is bicycles. Okay, we've gone on about my dating life enough. So (laughs) Catherine Heigl, she comes in. She goes to the news station. She's at this news station that is is failing. We get introduced to one of the anchors played by a... Cheryl Hines. That is not who I was going to say, but she is absolutely great as well. Um, I was going to say one of my personal favorites. See, I'm a Cheryl Hines fan from Curb. Oh, absolutely. She's fantastic in that. I am thinking of... She is, she is a who. She is from Whoville. One of my favorites, John Higgins, who is the guy <laughs> from Best in Show, who's from A Mighty Wind, yeah. Pitch Perfect. 
Love that guy. Yeah. I think he is hysterical. He is in Best in Show, and so is Fred Willard. Yeah. Yeah. Fred Willard, who I thought was this guy, right. got his name mixed up, and I've edited <laughs> around, yes. No, and Cheryl yeah. Hines is great in it, too, so we meet them. Wait, but if we're getting to people... Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, the girl from Gr- from Grimm is the side friend. Okay. If you ever watched Grimm, I the don't. first season was fun, and then it got real bad. Friday I don't, night, but I kind of TV. I liked her. She was a good side friend overall. Mm-hmm. I and mean, then, again, you bet Nicole Brown. She was in 500 Days, and she's in... Uh, this who does she play she's one of the background people oh, okay. in the newsroom so we're slowly creating in a way a romcast or romcom union a romcast like yeah or yeah, yeah a romcast <laughs> a romcast for our romcast that's right uh there's like a mini romantic comedy universe yeah uh, and i thought i was reminded of a poor man's Aaron Sorkin with the way the camera was always moving. It was yes, like, we're doing the talk. news and we're talking quickly. And it was very much like early, like sports news. Mm-hmm. What's that show? It was called yeah, sports so like news? sports sports with Josh Charles. Yeah, and, I think that was it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Aaron Sorkin, one that lasted like a season. Yeah. And I loved it and then it got canceled. Love I was it. like, right. Like just coming out of like, young adolescence where i was like oh i actually have an opinion about what i'm watching and mm-hmm. this is actually really cool yeah yeah so it reminded me of that it felt like a normal mm-hmm. romantic comedy that they were stretching for other things on and again mm-hmm. i feel like if i'd been a couple cocktails in i also well been you like probably would have been right there with me because yeah, i think i would have been on we board. have yvette nicole brown we have cheryl hines we have Catherine Heigl being blonde. We have mm-hmm. Gerard Butler being sassy and trying to cover his accent. accent. And then we have my favorite, who I love, was Art from Justified. If anyone watched Justified, Timothy Oliphant. He's the boss from Justified. He always plays like the older put-upon man. He's always stressed. Mm-hmm. And there are these renegades running around him. And he's always trying to keep them in order. And he plays this character. I'm like, yes, he's like the dad. He's just. You know what's really funny about you saying he's like the authority figure in a lot of these things? Yeah. Let's read through some of his IMDb page. Hot in Cleveland, Chief Barker. Yeah. Um, Justified or Mullen Key and Peel, cop. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He always plays the Sweet Life, County Sheriff. Mm -hmm. Landline Officer Don Garrett, The Shape of Water he was in, General Hoyt. So yeah. this guy does really have a, a uh, yeah, like an authoritative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's really authoritative, not authoritative, but with a heart of gold. Yeah, he's got a real soft spot. Yeah, it's a good cast in this movie. It's yeah. not. It's not a poorly cast movie by by any means. Um, the... Justin, it's just a matter of looking chaos in the eye and telling it to f off. As you were listening to the or watching the movie, it almost felt like there were certain points in the writers' room that they'd just be like, "That's it. That's the tagline." <laughs> we have to say that. That's the tagline. <laughs> That's going to be on the poster. But they had yeah. like fifty of them. Yeah. So it, and then you look at the posters, and they don't use any of them. But there's so many lines that they can use. There is also why we're talking about <laughs> just actors and things. I started watching some of the extras on the DVD and could not make it through hardly any of them because they um. were just really bad. But they showed the director and he had this this odd cadence to how he spoke. And as I'm looking at him too, and I can't show you any audio of him talking right now, but I think he kind of looks like that's his picture. To me, he looks like a white Kumail Nanjiani, and I swear to God, sounds like him a little bit too. Hmm. And and it was just the when he started talking, I was like, oh wow, okay. 
Hmm. So with that said, he doesn't really have too many other accolades. This is what he's mainly known for, Ugly Truth, something called Killers, Paranoia. So either way, though, this is what he's mainly known for. He's done a couple things at Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Okay. So getting into the plot. Yeah. She goes on this date with E from Entourage. Mm Mm-hmm. Which she apparently rescheduled three times and he still showed up. For a first date? Like, yeah, well, right. no, you walk I, away from that shit. You know what? I, I agree with you in premise, but in application, if a girl that looked like Catherine Heigl was interested in going on a date with me when I was single, I'd probably be like, well, she's busy. I would yeah. justify it an awful lot. Like, if a girl that looked like, like Catherine Heigl <laughs> Wanted to go looked on a up date your with whole you, background, you'd... <laughs> you'd be like, oh, well. Well, I was going to say, I had a girl who was very attractive, but didn't look quite as good as Catherine Heigl, almost look up my background, and I rolled with it. So for Catherine Heigl, I would definitely roll with it. Yeah. So she looks up his background. The date doesn't work out because right. she's crazy, and there's something and she about... goes home, mm-hmm. and she has a cat. How do you feel about cats? In general? Are they... Are they instantly sad for guys to see? Oh. Like, oh no, she has a cat. I feel like there is a cultural connotation with a cat. Yes, that isn't there with a dog. Yeah. But I do know quite a few lovely women with cats. But I would agree with you that there is kind of like a... And I think there's Is it a turnoff? I, for me... It only is in that. Well, no, I've dated a girl with cats, but in that, I am more of a dog cats, person. Plural. Oh yeah, yeah. She had well, she had zero cats when we started dating. Then got one big cat who was awesome, and then got two other cats. So she had oh. three. So she had three cats. So she had four then. No, no one, one big one. <laughs> well, one big cat. Yes. Uh, I'm more of a dog person. Yeah. So, I, but I do feel like they're that's what they're playing to in this by her having a cat is that it's kind of. You know, yeah, the, women the... of a certain age. If you're 23 with a cat, it's different than if you're 33 with a cat. If you're 43 with a cat, it's right downhill. Well, I feel like once... No, I feel like 43 with a cat's fine. 43 with like five cats. Mm, okay. I feel like there's a number where it becomes like One a, is okay. Yeah, if one's a companion, two, you have a friend for the cat. I think three's where it gets a little kind of like... Yeah. On the cusp. And four, it's just, you know, like you really, really like cats. Yeah. And good for you. Good for you. Start making cat hair sweaters. Absolutely. And if that's what you want to do, I celebrate you. We here at romcomcom.com would love if you sent us a tiny <laughs> love cat cats. hair sweater. Absolutely. <laughs> we love cats. My husband hates cats. Well, her, yes, her husband is allergic I to like cats. I like cats. But I will never have one. I was seriously considering getting a cat because I lived by myself after college and mm. I was lonely. And I met Brian like three weeks <laughs> maybe well it's probably more so like what you're saying is you felt five lonely. weeks after i so you felt lonely in. lonely by yourself hey, Brian. and you were gonna get a cat but instead you I got a husband Brian. no i got a boyfriend who i found out was allergic to cats and it would have been a deal breaker had i gotten a cat mm, so the i guess it's intervened. a good thing that i didn't get one yeah my mom who hates cats was very excited that he is allergic because she said, see, you, I'm glad you didn't get one because then you wouldn't have been able to date him. I'm like, okay. That's that's what I was thinking. That's exactly what you were thinking. <laughs> Let's just dive into it. So, so she has a cat and we get, can we call this, is this a second, does this movie have two meat cutes in a way? It does. Yeah. This movie has two meat cutes. So mm-hmm. her cat gets out of the window while she's getting ready for bed. And she climbs, climbs a out. tree in a, like a slip. She climbs out of her window onto the tree, right? 
Or does she climb up the tree? She goes down out her door and up the, up tree, the tree to get the okay. cat. But again, in a slip. Right. And like, if I'm chasing a cat, I guess I'd run out in underwear. Yeah, never mind. I can't yeah. judge. But she climbs the tree. The cat moves. A branch breaks. She falls upside down and her slip comes over her. Right. So she's standing there or she's un- hanging upside down. And then a guy she was watching comes out who's like ripped and he's in a towel. Yeah. What they grabs- also show is that she was like peeping tom yeah watching him he lives across the patio and he's all hot and so she rips his towel off so he's naked she's up upside down half naked that's her meet cute with her dream guy he colin colin he comes in bandages her up gives her his card that with like his personal number which i think is kind of weird because why would a doctor have a card with a personal number we wrote it on the back but still like Okay. I don't know. I guess Why I would don't... a doctor have a card, though? Again, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. And also, if you were talking to just your next door neighbor, wouldn't you just be like, hey, I literally live next door. I don't know. That felt weird to me. But so then she's in love with him or whatever because he's good looking and a doctor and hits all of her check marks and all this and that. Right. Um, fast forward to her job where then she finds out they have falling ratings mm-hmm. and we are introduced to a shock jock. Gerard Butler, Gerard Butler, who's on a public access TV show. Is that yeah, what you gather? Just saying inflammatory things. But, but yeah. like that, a guy that just has a, a public access TV show that is what I would describe as being somewhat anti-women. Like he's kind of angry at women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So every woman's lying to you and blah, blah, blah. So if you're a guy, let's just... Let's back up for a second. If you see a public act, public access TV show, so this person <laughs> is presumably not being paid, and if anything, is paying money to put this show together. And, and, it, yeah. and it is on his own time, and he is just... Got a like, very specific point of view. Which is not <laughs> pro-women, and is just like, they're yeah. going to take advantage of you and all this. They're all liars. It, that is That would just send up every red flag, and I don't even know if they're called red flags at that point. Right. That's just... Except that he gives solutions for how to, you know, tame these women or whatever, like how to get the upper hand in the male-female relationship uh, I'm, situation. I'm just trying to put into my head what that guy in real life looks like that would go through that much oh, effort. Oh, he's like at least 100 pounds that, heavier oh, yeah. and wears pleated pants. But <laughs> instead we get Gerard Butler who has no accent. And is... He has an accent. Uh... Oh, I wrote it down. He absolutely has an accent. He calls her a lassie. That's not an accent. That's a that's well. A, that's an. That's a turn of phrase. Exactly. But he, I said, he's not really pulling off his American accent. It's very growly. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm super bad at accents. Like both picking them up and doing them. He's so. Scottish. Oh, did I ever do my Zoe Deschanel for you? By the way, I'm going to no. do it during 500 Days of Can Summer. Can you do it? <clears throat> I'm so now. I'm so goofy. Get over here. I have a sundress on. That's pretty good. I've been working on it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's up here. We do yours again. It's like up here a little bit. Yeah, yours isn't bad. It, it's almost like a, it's like a Kermit, but you can't commit yeah, all the way. Yeah, have a bubble in your throat a little bit. I'm just so, I'm just so eccentric <laughs> and everybody loves me. Now I'm going Southern. See, yeah, I'm not good it's getting or... a little like Nina Simone. So then, so we're introduced to Gerard Butler and basically her guy above her at the station says, your ratings suck. We're bringing this guy on to do a segment. <laughs> they bring the guy in to do a segment. He's incredibly crass and right from the cuff. 
he gets the he diagnoses the two anchors mm-hmm. who are husband and wife as being dysfunctional. Um, gets them to make out live on air, and it's like everybody's high fiving, and Catherine Heigl's disgusted by him, understandably, because all this dude can say is like, "Oh, uh, he just wants to fuck you." It's all about sex. He's just dropping four-letter words for no reason. It just felt very... Sex sells, Justin. It just felt bro-y to me. It felt... Oh, it's very bro-y. And it felt unnecessary to... Sexual harassment. Hmm. Well, it all just felt forced to me in the context of the movie. Like, they they did it, but they didn't commit all the way for me. But... Hmm. Okay, so either way... Once again, drunk Sarah was all in. (laughs) (laughs) I can see by all the... Totally fine. (laughs) I can see by all the exclamation parts and hearts drawn around all of the I don't have hearts. (laughs) I love exclamation points, though. And question marks. So they... So then what ends up happening is he goes in and tries to make peace with her. The doctor calls... And he, Colin. Colin calls and he walks her through what to do to get him on the hook, which yeah. is basically be aloof. I'd say basically be aloof. Like, Well, he says don't be desperate. Yeah. Which I agree. She was being a little ridiculous. She absolutely was. Like, then he hang up on him. Don't call him back. I thought that was just being kind of a shitty person. Yeah, but it got him interested. Well, it did, but I don't think that in, maybe in real life, but that other guy that would be cool with that is also kind of desperate. Like, someone's hanging up on you from the get? Like, I don't know about that. Or I'm just confused. And so he makes a, he makes a deal with her and here's the crux of the movie that if I can get him to become interested in you, then you have to give me a shot on this TV show and like quit riding my ass. Wasn't yeah. that the basis of yeah. it? And if like, he f- let me prove that I know what I'm talking about. And then if he fails that sh- he would leave the show or something like that. Wasn't that the, sure. I guess. Yeah. Let's say that. It's just, it doesn't matter because it didn't for- matter. Yeah. <laughs> so then he takes her on a, shopping trip to try to make her less frumpy and like we said earlier yeah. she was not frumpy <laughs> yeah and he goes like on... i just love that it's just like and now we're going shopping like it's just like cut to shopping like no one questions it it's like sure but again she looked she looked great she wasn't yeah. wearing i i wish they would have pulled more of a drew barrymore never been kissed where it was almost like she was wearing like more matronly clothing but no she was wearing like there was like lace and it was like nice form-fitting stuff but it wasn't like trampy right so he takes her he starts insulting her boobs which get off get off her boobs man they're amazing they're amazing best Uh, boobs in the biz and the girl that is working the shop also insults her her boobs and then they're giving her shoes and bras and shirts and slutty dresses and this that and the other and Mm -hmm. he uses your intro line of you got to be the sinner and the saint, which sounds like something a drunk guy at a bar would tell somebody, <laughs> you know, like, honey, I'll tell you how to get a man, be the sinner and the saint, but mostly but the sinner. Do you, like, I've heard that before. Do you not? Ascribe to it? Yeah. Like, oh no, I 100% am on board with that. Yes. I was going to say, that like, guys true. love that shit. That it's is like, 100% you're true. You're either but... the Madonna up on the pedestal or you're the Mary Magdalene, you know, in the sheets. Yeah, no, I 100% ascribe to it. It's really hard to walk both lines. I'm just saying who the only people I've ever heard truly he's give that advice. He's got a radio show about this or a TV show about he's, this. He's he has a, to say things like this. He presume, he beforehand had a public access TV right. show that another question. What did he do for money? Like what mm-hmm. does he do for money before this cuz it started he lives out in a, his sister's pool shed. Okay, that's fine. It started out as a twice a week segment that then got blown up. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe okay. he does pool stuff. Okay, let's assume pool. Let's assume pool boy. 
Like there's just, there's a lot of questions about a lot of uncertainty in Gerard Butler's character that I want one or two lines to explain nah. away and then I'm on board. Then I'm just, I'm on board with it and I'm good, man. Just give me that. I don't need it. They go shopping. The girl and, or he, Catherine Heigl and Colin go on a date at this point, right? Yeah. Wait, was this the date where then they went, their date where they went out for the, with the TV people? No, that was later. Okay. So they go on a date. It wasn't? No, no. They went on a date where she was wearing an earpiece to a baseball game. Oh, yeah. So they go to a baseball game. She did all kind of weird things. Yeah. And he was telling her what to say and he cursed at one point and all that. And she's saying everything. It's, it's, you've seen it in a bunch of movies. It was, I don't know. It was funny for what it was. I wasn't slapping my knee or anything. He I told love... her to eat a hot dog seductively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that he he's giving her advice and he's like, but I do know about lust, seduction, and manipulation, things you know none of, which is just hilarious. And she's just like, okay. I love that she just goes along with it. Like, yeah, okay, you do know those things. Well, you know what, though? I can say that there's times that... I have had to be coached on things that I feel like I should have learned at a younger age, like in regards to like love life and interactions yeah. with women and things that your husband, like I said, had to coach me on to some extent. <laughs> so I can understand this sort of, if there's a gray zone that you don't have experience on, just kind of throwing up your arms being like, well, I guess I don't know anything this about this. This douchey guy <laughs> that I'm pissed about being on my TV show, I'm going to take advice from him. Well, who else is she going to take advice from? Her other her other <laughs> friend gave her some weird... It's oh, just so funny how much she just embraces it. Like, yeah, I'll wear an, an ear piercing. And immediately. And I guess yeah. that just lets you know how down this character had to be. Like or, how, just, or just the show is like, no time for this. This is what we're doing. How down and out this character had to be, though, that she finally was just like, you know what? Random guy I just met that I don't like, that's misogynistic, and pays for his own cable access TV show that like, <laughs> harasses women. Yeah, I think this is the guy I should listen to. Whatever. So she ends up getting results because Colin's into her. For yeah. some reason, Gerard Butler sends her vibrating panties at one point, mm-hmm. and she wears that's normal. She wear yeah, that was weird. You're getting ahead of yourself. Here. Okay, sorry. First of all, Gerard Butler always looks rumpled, no matter what. What do you mean rumpled? Like just rumpled. he just woke up? Just yeah. Even with makeup and and wardrobe, he just looks kind of bleary. And yeah, here I am. I think that's his thing, though. I don't think he can help it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just what he looks like. It's like he looks tired and washed out, and just but he still pulls it off somehow. Are women into that? Oh yeah, he's Scottish. I think that's a look that for the longest time, even right now as you're staring at me, I I think I can pull off. Like every probably four or five months, I think I can pull that off. And then after like three weeks of trying it, I realize like this just ain't working, and I look bad. And hmm. I just want to pull it off so bad, but I don't have that. Like him and who's the other guy? Colin Farrell. I think he pulls it off too. Like the really? kind of. I think he's very polished. Uh, now he is, but I feel like in the past he can look well. He can play. He can pull it off. Eh, either way, some, he's Irish or some guys can pull but... it off. Some can't, and I can't. But man, I want to so bad, and I and it doesn't work. I, I don't think I'd it. notice. You don't notice like this nasty like. I guess I like Beard it. I don't right even... Oh, okay. I know it looks bad. It doesn't bother I'm just rolling me. with it. Oh. I guess I think you've just seen me in so many iterations through our friendship of hair <laughs> down past my shoulders, have an That's Amish beard, true. have like a weird mustache, have like... You had an Amish beard? Well, it kind of gets like this where it's all puby and I don't well, really only like... only if you shave your mustache is it Amish. I did that freshman year of college, well, yes. Yeah, I, it did not I, look... I didn't know you freshman year. Oh, looking, looking back, that chin strap was Yikes. the worst idea of my don't life. Do that. But it kept my hair on, the chin strap. Got my hair on. Uh, he criticizes her wardrobe 
uh, as one of comfort and efficiency. And I wrote, comfort and efficiency are my jam. <laughs> so, like, but exactly. again, it's not like she's showing up in school marm outfits or sweatpants. She's showing up looking professional yet attractive. I don't, yeah. I am, I'm just going to keep saying it. You know, I do not agree with him criticizing her outfit. You know who he, who he is? Huh. He is Dan Bilzerian. I don't know who that is. He's an Instagram dude. He's got like an epic beard and he's super red. Oh, is he the rich one that? Yeah, he always has guns and like lots of girls' butts. Oh, you're right. You've shown me. You and Brian have shown me videos. Yeah, like he's fascinating in his just disgustingness, and it's totally like a Dan Bilzerian like. Girls are just like, you want to get in the jello pit with us? <laughs> yes, I 100% and, can see what you're saying. And he's like, yes, it's only hot if you stick your tits out. You know? He literally tells her to stick her tits out at the end of one of the dates. See, Do you remember you that when he had it, when he had her on the uh, the little the little oh, headphone yeah. thing? Uh-huh. And he just goes at the end, like right <laughs> as they're about to go, he's just like, stick your tits out. And she sticks them <laughs> out, arches her back yeah. in a manner that is not comfortable or natural. No. And they look great. Yeah. And then she turned and the doctor grabbed her and kissed her. I think this is a good point to bring it up. There was a lot of grabbing in this movie that made me feel very uncomfortable. If you watch mm. Gerard Butler constantly grabbing, and I don't know if it was a subtle nod to just like the psychology of people, mm-hmm. but he was constantly grabbing women by like their elbow huh. or their shoulder or like there was all, he was noticeably touching people more than anyone else. And the way that doctor kind of grabbed her. It was a little like him. It was yeah, I didn't care for him either. It was also just everything was a little more forceful and strong than made me feel a hundred percent comfortable. And maybe I'm way off in that, but it was something that stood out to me uh, that Gerard Butler was touching everyone in this movie. For me, he gets away with a lot of stuff because he is Gerard Butler. Mm. He is Scottish, Mm. and he's just getting away with stuff. Mm. But I, you know. If I were a better feminist, I would agree more with you. Well, it's not even its not even necessarily I'm saying a feminism thing. I just think a personal space thing. Like when he goes into the store to, again, we're really hammering on her makeover. But he goes in and even he grabs the attendant by like the shoulder. He, like he just hmm. met this woman. And I, again, I do get the psychology of it. That's like, you're, you know, you're touching them. You're making a personal. But if someone, when someone touches me within the first 30 seconds of meeting me, I, I withdraw. I'm just like, no, no, oh, no, really? no, no, let's just Some give me... people like that. I, I don't know, man. It 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 kind of stood out to me. Especially so. if you're European or something. Why well, I am not. Well, if they are, that's what I mean. They yeah. get a pass more. We did two Heigl's. Yeah. I like this Heigl so much better. Mm. We need to do two Gerard Butler's because he's in P.S. I Love You, mm. which I think he plays someone from Scotland. Mm-hmm. And see how he does. Okay, I'd be in to do that. Scottish. For the record, I like Catherine Heigl in Twenty Seven Dresses better. No, I like Twenty Seven Dresses better than this no. one. No, I did. So then we're at the point where he, <laughs> where we diving back into the the plot. First of all, he sends her this these undies. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a pure white dress, yes. perfectly white dress. Nobody in their right mind would wear black undies under a pure white dress. And they're not even a thong. It's full bottom mm. undies because it has to hold that thing in it or whatever. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I've got a funny story that I am comfortable telling. 
when I went to, I know this is, I know you're looking at me oddly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to senior prom and wore an all white suit because that's the type of guy I am. And I had like a, the I had like, guy? I had like a hat and a white cane. Like, I mean, I, I, I was over the top. Dumb it was dumb. Um, almost that type of thing. But I wasn't thinking. And when I, when I put on underwear for whatever i wore like polka dot boxers and i didn't even but you're a dude well no no and then i remember we went to take photos at my friend my friend actually joe who does our our intro uh we went to take photos at his house and he brought me aside and he was like hey my dad told me to take you upstairs and give you a pair of boxers because uh <laughs> it was something like his dad is like very very blunt he's like he said something like oh, he said no. you look like a fucking idiot so uh he, so i went upstairs and he gave me a pair of white boxers to switch into <laughs> And I mean, because I almost went to senior prom in a white pants with polka dots. Because oh, I just, no. to guys, that doesn't register. Yeah. I guess to women, you need to be more aware of like what stands out. Yeah. So she puts on, yeah, black underwear on a white, it's with not a gonna white happen. outfit. It's just not. Goes and for some reason brings the vibrator remote with, with her, her. And it drops out of her purse and some kid thinks it's a salt shaker or something. Yeah. She, she has an Keeps orgasm at the table. At Mm-hmm. and sells the show or something this is yeah i, I kind of was very confusing it's so creepy because they walk in and it's like immediately the corporate management is like super sexual harassment like, yes hey and they bring those hot twin girls with them mm-hmm. and i was like it's clearly before the me too movement <laughs> like, this movie is problematic on a lot oh, of levels boy and it's like you're meeting at a bar on a date with someone it's 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 all over the place yeah it is problematic but either way apparently the deal goes good because she has an orgasm and then they leave yeah i said i just don't even really find these jokes funny yeah it's just too obvious and boring it's just like okay we get it but that's i guess that's what i'm saying is when they they went for this r rating i thought it was going to be more like a something about mary where they were trying to be more clever with their you know, because they could be racier, they'd at least be clever with it. This hmm. was just way too overt with when they did stretch those type of jokes. Yeah. There's just, it, it wasn't clever at all. It just didn't work for me. Or is it that the physical humor is hers, not a man? And we usually see physical humor on a dude. I'm really fine with a, a woman having physical comedy and being funny. I'm just saying this gag, it was like pandering, like, like sexy Catherine Heigl's having an orgasm. In, um, thinking about in, there's something about Mary when he zips his like balls into his thing and it's like, and, and, then it's she, all gross. and then she puts semen in her hair. I don't think that's any better than this. Zipping his balls up and her using semen as hair gel? That's... I think the semen as hair gel was clever. Ugh. I think that was clever. And the zipping the balls up... <sighs> All right, you may be right, and I'm just trying to defend a point. I didn't care for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I am... Where I was at with Summer Catch, and you didn't like it, I feel mm-hmm. like it's the flip here. Where I just... <laughs> like, you are... Def- like, I just... I didn't care for it. Uh, so either way, everything goes well at this dinner... They leave, and then Gerard Butler. I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fast forward. At some point, because I'm well, there's a great montage in the middle. Disagree. I wrote down right here. Terrible. Take the, me away. What do I say right there? Take me terrible away. Terrible montage. I wrote great montage. <laughs> <laughs> Take me away by pocket full of sunshine. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. By pocket full. I don't know who it's by. It's by pocket full of sunshine. <laughs> Ah, it's great. I loved it. I disagree. The montage, it was nothing. It was it was them by a creek with him feeding her caviar. 
Yeah. Like that was, it was nothing. It was fun. That was not, compared to the shallow how montage or, or the summer catch one where they're like, act, you know, she, they're, they're practicing and all that. Like, uh, no, 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 this was practicing. This was, yeah, you know, <laughs> practicing. No, this was, I'm sorry, Sarah. We are just going to disagree on this movie. <laughs> oh, Terrible so I montage. looked up Colin after that montage. Yes. Cause that was like the most acting he got to do. Mm-hmm. He, of course, he was on Days of Our Lives. Ooh. Yeah. And he was in a 2017 Christmas movie called Finding Santa, in which he plays a young Santa. Santa Claus? Yes. It's one of those movies set in uh, with that pl- same place in Canada where they always set all the movies. Well, everybody, I think we know one of Christmas our- Christmas movies! I think for our winter classic, romcomcom.com. <laughs> That's uh, just rom. It's all wrong. You know what? You know what we should do for rom, Christmas? Rom, 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 that rom. In fact, yeah. You know what this jumped to mind? What we should do for Christmas? We should do a uh, a bracket, like a playoff bracket, <gasps> where we pick like great. like eight of them, and then yeah. we have to go through and have one episode where we just argue like eight movies at the same time, oh, or wow. something to that effect, or maybe a four. Four movie. each yeah. or something. Well, and the best thing about it is he's young Santa, and his female co-star is... Jody Sweeten. He is in love with young Santa, who is also Colin, the doctor, who no one would believe actually has an MD. So everybody, I, I uh, promise you right now, we are going to be doing a little movie called Finding Santa this upcoming holiday <laughs> but it's all season. Wrong. I don't care. December can be all wrong. It's absolutely going it, to be. It's all around December. Well, Okay, we're gonna break. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this behind <laughs> the scenes and get back to you. Feel free to shoot us some emails Cut about what you think December. we should do. So they have a montage that some people say is terrible. Some people say is great. Uh, either way, <laughs> it, it is, is a montage. montage. Yeah. <laughs> One cannot argue that it is it's not a montage. A montage. And, and then he hangs out with Greg, Greg Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. Or Greg. <laughs> either way. <laughs> he goes on a show that is a late, late show, yeah. which by all accounts is a, was well, a great show. Well, they totally put him in there because he's friends with Gerard Butler in real oh, life. Really? They're both Scottish. Yeah. So they're like, I love him. Craig you can Ferguson you can so feel Gerard Butler trying so hard not to like bro out and speak, yeah. you know, in way more like Scottish brogue. Mm. You know, we should go watch a football match together. <laughs> yeah, that's my Gerard Butler. That's good. Uh, and then Catherine Heigl ends up having to, while he is on this show, break a date with Colin, Colin. where they were going to uh, lay together. First time uh, laying the, for, together. For the first time lay together. Yeah. Because uh, she has to convince him not to get picked up by a new station in San, San Francisco. Fran? Yeah, yeah. San Francisco. Oh, and also randomly they're in Sacramento, California. Oh, yeah. That... I thought they were in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for the longest time. That, well, see, that's one thing that in our little, in our rom-com kind of checklist, this movie, the location did not matter. Yeah. In any way, shape, or The only or form. reason that I think about Sacramento is because <laughs> I listened to My Favorite Murder, mm. and Karen in My Favorite Murder went to college for a very short time and failed out of Sacramento State and just has horrible things to say about Sacramento, <laughs> what a shithole it is and how hot it is and how bad it is. So I just think of it as a terrible place, but it looks pretty nice in this. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I had absolutely no idea where they were located for the yeah. vast majority of this movie but much like 500 days of summer i didn't put that much thought into it and i just assumed i was gonna be wrong well this movie seriously had there was it didn't matter at no, all no it didn't matter one bit 
So that so then what ends up happening at that point, he has his Craig Ferguson interview, it goes well, yada yada yada. She and he go out to dinner. Yeah, and she surprises him and is like, let's go out to dinner because she's trying to convince him not to take this job. To like a Cuban restaurant? Yeah. What was it? Do places like that exist? I know. It was like very Miami. You know what? You know what is in one thing that we San maybe Fran. need to add to our rom-com checklist because it has happened in this. Cultural appropriation? Yes. But <laughs> also, because it happened all in a... It also happened in Never Been Kissed, and I bet it's happened in some others, and I just didn't really notice it as much, that there's like a club of some type that does not exist in the real world, like a cartoon mm-hmm. over-the-top thing of a club. I don't think there's like ba- clubs like this that you go to where it's a fancy dinner, and then there's just a Cuban Dancing. band playing. Yeah. Does that exist, or do I just not get invited to these places? I don't know. I don't know San Francisco. Maybe it happens in if California. If anybody ever listens to this from San Francisco, <laughs> please let us know if there's Tell a us. if there's a really nice Cuban Can club there. Can you eat and then dance? Because I'm going to be there. It's like a in, wedding, kind of. I'm going to be there in July, and I would love to do some dancing. Especially at a Cuban restaurant. Oh, my God. And just to get a delightful sandwich. So she immediately likes him because he orders tap water. Gerard Butler. Yeah. Yes. Because they're at dinner together. And there was an exchange with E at her earlier dinner about tap water where she seemed like a lunatic. She was like, it's better and you don't have to pay for it. And he's like, okay. Yeah. So this is like a signal where it's like, oh, he knows to order tap water. He's already checked off one of the boxes on my list. Which I think is ridiculous. And then he can dance, which he cannot dance in real life apparently this is a very struggly scene for them but it's like super sexy dancing and i just keep watching them the way they cut it it's like everything they cut to is him spinning her around Mm -hmm. and then like slamming their bodies together isn't that like just pull her toward you really fast and then slam your body together and i showed that like five times yeah well it's like passionate i think is what they're trying yeah i was like sexy dancing were you aware that you are talking to a ballroom dance champion did you take that in college? At the University of Dayton, I did uh, take ballroom dance. Of course, because you're male, you could get into it. Well, no, no. But do you know what's funny is it was a good friend of mine, sophomore year, said, oh, well, let's take it together junior year. So I sign up for it. She does not come back to UD. Oh, whoops. And it was like, it was an 8 a.m. elective class. Ew, 8 a.m. It was, yeah, yeah, or maybe 9 a.m. It was crazy early for college. Crazy early. For college. <laughs> I prefaced it with college. It, yeah, I think it was like 9 a.m. Right. So I'd go into the... No, I might have been 8 a.m. So I'd go into the tour guide office really early, work for an hour, and then go to ballroom dance. And... What are you doing at the tour guide office at 7 a.m.? Opening up, just getting ready. Mm. I think it was setting out folders and things. But hmm. So I go in, and I felt like super crazy self-conscious, and I almost dropped it just because it was like, I don't know anyone here. And everyone in the class was that, where it was either a guy and a girl that were dating or a uh. guy and a girl. I was the only guy... Let me rephrase that. There were girls that were single there. There were no guys that were single there other Aww. than me. And one other guy who was a That's graduate like, student. Come on. Well, no. And, and looking, market, I had no confidence at that point, to be honest. But I, I looked at myself, though, and as I was about to drop it. And I just went, you know what, man? What are you doing here? Like, it, just go do it. And I ended up having a absolute. I had an awesome time at it. I cannot remember anything, but my team <laughs> ended up winning the competition at the end. And I'll tell wow. you one of the coolest things. The lady that did it, I believe her name was Sandy. Sandy was a sweetheart. Sandy. She was a professional ballroom dancer, and she said that she doesn't care how long it is afterwards. When you get married, call her, and she will choreograph your first dance with your bride for free. Wow. Guess who I'm going to be giving a call to if I ever get married? Sandy. Oh, if it's free, I'm going to take her up on it. She's probably dead. 
Yeah. <laughs> no longer able to do that for you. But if Sandy isn't... We're old. So they dance. They obviously have an attraction. They go up an elevator ride that has just crazy tension. Chemistry. But it's like an innocent tension at that point. That's what I. That's the one scene I did like with I the elevator like ride where they kept, they kept awkwardly hugging when they were leaving. Yeah. Because it felt like good. he dropped his weird guard. little guard yeah. that was cute that was the part he decides that, he really likes her that was my favorite part of this movie yeah that was that, good. that was the only part that felt very and i wrote she's got great boobs she does have great <laughs> boobs man how can i get those without them looking fake a good doctor or like like can they take the fat from no other places and doc- shove them in there no it's a good doctor because then it's do- not because then it's not weirdly lo- like then it's not like a a implant that's got sides i just I, don't know <laughs> well I'll, I'll, wa- I'll walk you through some of my i've done a lot of studying of boobs over my life oh. i can walk you through some things i've learned okay so they they kiss then after just again the cutest hugging instance mm-hmm. and i mean really that was my favorite part of this movie really because yeah. it was just i've had that, that awkward cute. moment with a girl where you hug her 12 times because you're too chicken to kiss her oh I know. I'm the worst. She leaves. She goes to her room. Colin has now surprised her with like champagne and all this and that. Gerard Butler goes back to his room, realizes he's in love with her, goes, knocks on her door, leaves. She talks to Colin, leaves angry because Colin's there. Yeah, he sees that Colin's there and he's and, like, Rah! And then Catherine Heigl but finally. she jumps. I like this part a lot. She jumps up and follows him out. Because I hate rom-coms when they just sit there and they're like, this bad thing happened. I love that she took the initiative yeah. and like followed him out the door into the hallway. Yeah. And she called him on it and was like, I can tell him to leave. But Gerard Butler like wienered out and was like, oh, no, I'm fine. Blah. No, but you know what? I Again, that to me felt very real. If a girl did that to me, I would feel so embarrassed embarrassed more than likely yeah and and just off base that i would just probably acquiesce and be like you know yeah. like it would just it would shake but it also you. got her to like then go back in the room and tell colin who she really yeah. was yeah. which i appreciated too it was like i'm neurotic and i love that when she said like you know i've wanted to correct your grammar three times and i prepare things ahead of time i do all this stuff but I've hidden that from you, and you think I'm this great girl, but I've hidden all of this from you because who would love someone like that? And I love that line. Like, who would love someone mm-hmm. like that? It's, like, so true. That's the heart of insecurity. It's no, like, absolutely. I have all this weird shit, but I hide it because who's going to love that shit, you know? No, you know what? I think this movie did have some points of very good honesty, like the elevator ride in this. You're 100% right. It's how we got there that I felt was very, <laughs> I don't know, forced at times. I think there's very good points in this movie. And again, I agree with you. I think that's a really good one because they really hit to yeah. the root of like, you know, what's going on in her head. And she takes off. He insulted her hair and made her get extensions at one part. Gerard Butler yeah. did. And she like unclips. Is mm-hmm. that how extensions work where she Some. literally just lifts up? And, and I thought she looked beautiful. No matter, she looked beautiful either way. Yeah. What's he? A pony. He said a ponytail in the movie made you look stuffy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, oh, then I'll take stuff again. Hey, here's what I'm saying. The Dan Bilzerian I, point of view. I am apparently in love with stuffy women if that's what they look like. <laughs> Most women. Most guys are just like, lady, yes. I like lady. <laughs> so then Gerard Butler ends up at this point, because she doesn't get a hold of him after dumping Colin, quitting the ra- the news station, joining the other news station yeah. in San Francisco. The or rival. San Rafael. No. Or San Antonio. <laughs> Sacramento. <laughs> Whatever. And Santa they go Barbara. and they're at this hot air balloon festival. And my palms immediately started sweating because no. 
hot air balloons. You're anti hot no, air balloon. No, fuck no. No. I have always been fascinated <sighs> by a hot air balloon, but I am pretty sure if I got no. into one, I would nope the Hell fuck out no. fast. I would lie on the bottom of that thing in the fetal position until they brought me down. Uh, oh, okay. Fuck that. Let's oh, re- let's... It gives me the heebie-jeebies just now. So I bet the entire... Well, we'll get to the <sighs> ending scene. So at this point, Catherine Heigl's news station replaces uh, Gerard Butler with a new newscaster guy. to take over his segment. A new ugly truth Did guy. you... I do you know who this who this guy was? I don't think so. I didn't look it up, but it jumped out to me, and I am ninety nine percent sure. I'm not even gonna mess with IMDb. He played the senator that Ben Wyatt worked for that he thought was a robot and would just go sit down in his office oh, and yeah. stare at the wall. That, that was him. I'm almost sure. It looks That's like the exact funny. same actor, and he played this over the top bro that admitted to raping women outright. He's like, I've I've slept with over 140 women and yeah, 70 of them were awake. Yeah, it was really creepy. Yeah, that was that just felt itchy. I didn't care for that. Yeah. He's fired, though, immediately. Right. Catherine Heigl kind of takes over and starts going on a rant about Gerard Butler and uh-huh. how, I don't know, men and all that, you know, ugh, men. And he <laughs> sees this because he's at the same balloon festival because balloon festivals are hotbeds of news activity. He runs over there, jumps in the hot air balloon, begins arguing with her. Somehow the hot air balloon takes off. I was eating a sandwich at this point, so I was kind of in and out. It was a pretty good... It was a <laughs> yeah, pretty you're good, right. He it, was in both. Was it? Yeah. It, it it took me 0.5 seconds to get that. I don't know why that jumped out at That's me. That's hilarious. Yeah. So the hot air balloon starts rising, and there is a camera mounted to the hot air <sighs> balloon filming them while they're doing this. And he says he loves her and she continues to berate him to where he goes, I just told you, I don't really, I don't have the line right now, but Mm -hmm. I just told you I love you and you are still berating me. How crazy are you? She continues to berate him. He says it again and says, I just told you I love you twice and you are uh, still yelling at me to which he had what I thought was a really, this movie did have some very good lines. Um, because this feels like something that I haven't said to a woman, but it feels like I would say it, where she's finally just like, wait, you're in love with me? Why? Playing to that insecurity that they brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, beats the shit out of me. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I would have said that at this point. I haven't, but I feel like I would. Against so, my better judgment. And then they begin to kiss on the balloon, which how he was bending her over the like the edge yeah, of the basket. I didn't like that. That did give me anxiety. I didn't like that at all. And then the they insinuate <laughs> that they're going to have sex on the balloon, and the balloon operator says uh, you might want to wait till we land which gerard butler like waves him off <laughs> yeah. and the guy just turns because those balloons are probably like three by three They're four by four no. and he just kind of turns and looks out that's what i picture it's like <laughs> being an uber driver at 3 a.m on a saturday oh. to where it's just like there's pe- there's things going on in your back seat you can't stop look. it yeah you're just eyes <laughs> eyes forward soldier <laughs> that's what it's like being a senior in college sharing a room with someone oh no and then they have someone over oh no you have to close your eyes close your eyes or go into the living room i i never had that problem because i roomed with someone that had long-term dated someone at another college when they came it was it was kind of like just find elsewhere which was fine i mean which was fine because like you said like i never dealt with that i mean sharing a room is the worst it's like you don't i think about it now and i'm like that was such a short time it doesn't matter but what a bizarre thing to be 22 years old and have a bunk bed with with my best friend who's still like 
<laughs> like I would share a room with her over anyone, you know. But the fact that we had to share bunk beds. Mm-hmm. No, it's ludicrous. It's like 1 a.m. on a Saturday night and you're like, oh, God, what but am it, I going to do? But at the same time, I would, I lived in a shoebox of a house. You know that. Me too. I, oh, yeah. No, we all, yeah, yeah. I guess we all did. Oh, I God. would give anything to for like a month go back to that. I loved living with those oh, meat. I lived I love living with five guys in a 800 square foot house more than anything <laughs> else cuz it was just a group of meatballs. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have anything to worry about. So basically they make out on this balloon and that's kind of the end of the movie. Yeah. Did you did you buy this on iTunes or what did you do? How did you watch this? It was free on Stars. Okay. I got the DVD. I did not watch all the extras because on the box it didn't say there were extras. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched it, there were. So I didn't listen to the director's commentary. I did watch the alternate endings. Oh. Oh, oh we forgot one ending. Then it shows them having sex. Oh, and, yeah. And she rolls over and he's just like, did you really have an orgasm or something She's like that? like, you'll never know. You'll... And then turns off the light. Yeah. And that's the ending. <laughs> there were two alternate endings. One alternate ending was exactly the same, but flip-flopped. Yeah. To where she asked him, and he was just like, you'll never know. <laughs> and it cuts. Okay, that was terrible. Pretty the, sure you'll know. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll be aware. The other alternate ending did not fit with the the yeah. movie at all. So I'm glad they cut it. It was very montage and it had them in, a, in like the balloon, and it was basically the same. Like a little, a little bit different, and then it panned out while they were in the balloon kissing, and other balloons came in with wedding bells on them, and oh. then, it, and then it cut to a really long table in a park, and Gerard Butler was up giving a speech Weird. about true love, and they were getting married. She was in a wedding dress, like a you know spring wedding dress type of thing, at a really long table. And What's a spring wedding dress? To like you? a very like a light, like a um, not cocktaily. But like a shorter, like an in, like a less formal, like not poofy princessy, like a lighter, like a like a spring, <laughs> like a spring <laughs> cotton maybe. Was it shorter? I guess I don't know. I feel less... very, I feel very aware right now that I don't know what I'm talking about. I just want to know what a spring wedding dress means to you. Like like um like something a girl wearing in the spring at like a park. Like if you were getting married at a park in the spring, like a lighter. Like is it a halter top? What, what what do you mean like strappies no halter no it was like a strappy like a like a normally like a oh, tank, like a camisole like a tank top dress it's a camisole <laughs> so yeah. she was wearing a tank top dress and then here's where it got weird they In the didn't spring. they didn't do the editing on this part of it because you could tell they gave it up very quickly yeah. and so they just have them dancing they have like a cut to where they're dancing and then all, at the end gerard butler and her grab each other's hands and just run away out of scene and mm-hmm. you know, but the part that was funny is it just had white people dancing but how they film the movies to where there's actually no music playing and mm-hmm. there's someone's just counting off the steps so you can hear them going one two three four that's one, how they two. do it isn't that weird i'm literally telling you that's what i watch yeah and it was the funny and they're all fake laughing and all that so that ending i didn't care for really all that much it was just like the whitest most awkward people dancing that i have (laughs) uh ever ever seen and that's the ugly truth that is i liked it i didn't love it i i don't think i'd watch it again i think there was a good need to watch it again (laughs) i think there i think there were chunks of really good stuff in there but i just liked that it was fun and it didn't it didn't get itself bogged down in weird stuff. 
It was yeah, just like, no, I'd agree. Here with we that. go. It was. We it don't was have more... to explain this. Off we go. Yeah, no, I like that. I think what really bugged me, like I've said a couple times, was the fact that it had a hard R, but I don't feel like it played with it how it should have. Like it didn't yeah. leg it out. I I don't think it, it would have do lo- what you wanted it to. Well, do. I don't think it would have lost a lot by reeling back and being PG thirteen. I don't think we would have yeah. walked out of this movie going like because uh, I think they could have done like the panty joke with it being PG thirteen. Maybe added a little bit. For I think what annoyed me about Summer Catch is what I liked about this is that Summer Catch was trying to be so many things. It was like we're a Romeo and Juliet story. We're a baseball movie. It's serious, but it's also romantic, and it's a comedy. But none of this makes sense. And there's a serious friend talk and this guy it's it's like all right just like chill you know mm-hmm. have stick to a story and this one is just like this is the story this is what we're doing don't worry about what they did before and don't worry about what they're doing later yeah i don't know i i think we're just diametrically you know opposed. what here's what maybe i will i will i will commit to this sometime in the next year i will watch this but i will have Three three beers beforehand. Yay. And I'll watch it sober. And watch it sober. And then we'll come back <laughs> in the next calendar year. And then we'll just have like a one minute comeback to it. Yeah. I got to take a little distance from it though. Or I'm just going to say Well, that's it what I mean. I like do it. it in like, you know, six, seven months. Yeah. So I do have a question I've, I want to start asking with every single one of these movies. Yeah. That we do. Something akin to this. But could we put Laura Dern in this? And how no. would it change if Laura Dern was in Is she it? the main character? No, no, just in general. As a, if we somewhere She's in this way movie too put high Laura caliber Dern, for this. I'm just, so you don't think Laura Dern could be in this. I'm not saying would she be in it. I think it could be very she interesting. She could play Cheryl Hines' character. I would almost say put her as Catherine Heigl's boss. Oh, that'd be I'd fun. almost like to see a, like a uh, another female talking to Catherine Heigl about this misogynistic pig and being like, listen, we just got to do what we, we got to do. sell this. Okay. Uh, so Kat, yeah. Laura Dern could I be in Laura it. Dern. And then in keeping with point that our good friend Spicy Dave brought up last week, could Zac Efron be in this movie? Ooh. He could, he could play Colin and it, again, it wouldn't change yeah. anything. Yeah. Okay. So Laura Dern could make it better. Zac Efron, same movie. Sure. Have you seen Big Little Lies? I have not. So good. Worth watching? Oh my gosh, yeah. She's what, in it. What's that on? She's amazing. HBO? No, I don't have HBO. Go. I'm too cheap for that. I pay for that Amazon and I pay for that Netflix. I don't make this HBO Go money. Yeah, but you can get, you can add it onto your Amazon. Wait, I can get your password? Well, it's my parents, so I can't I can give get it to your you. parents' password? If I didn't, well, if you're it fully, was my own. You're fully capable of giving me the password. You will not give me the password. I just don't know if I should. Yeah, I don't want to get our info taken away. So if you had to give this, how we try to give these movies a, a rom-com kind of rating out of 1 to 10. I'll give you my Hulu password. That's friendship. Because <laughs> I, I pay for that myself. That's fair. So if you had to give this movie a rom-com rating, 1 to 10, 10 being like when Harry met Sally, like we've talked about, and 1 being... Have we talked about a Harry met Sally being a 10? Okay. what Pick a 10, <laughs> man. Like the most quintessential whatever. It one and and that would be a ten would be the perfect right. rom com hitting all the tropes. It, not in Seattle. It, I would say hitting not only all the tropes but also encompassing being a good movie. I'm just questioning if we've talked about. We it. haven't. No. And then one is like seven is what you've said in the past. Yeah. So you know we'll go with that. The movie seven. Um, what would you give this as like being a typical rom com? I mean, again, we didn't hit. We had some physical comedy. We had the sassy best friend. We had bumbling. We had, we had bumbling. We had meat cute. We had a lot of bumbling. Oh mm-hmm. God, this movie had the bumbling. It had uh, the problem a, that keeps them apart. Yeah, it had like the big breakup. It had a grand love gesture. 
they argued on national TV yeah. or local TV. Yeah. Syndicated. On a TV, hot air balloon. On a hot air balloon. Didn't really have no city, no iconic soundtrack. The jobs of the characters were unique and central to their yeah who they were stories to the plot and hers mm-hmm. was kind of typical i mean in a way it's still having to do with news yeah it's not a copy editor i don't know if it was it felt like a very typical rom-com i would probably rate <laughs> this about the same as a again this is not a how much we liked it rating right it's I, a rom-com fitting. i'd give it like a seven probably yeah i mean it was a nice typical rom-com it was nothing crazy special but that's hit, where i was it hits okay seven okay I think for this last bit, Sarah, that we should bring in a special correspondent. <laughs> I don't just want to call him a guest. It seems like he's going to be checking in with us quite frequently. You can't avoid us. So my second, my second podcast here, I, I've earned the term correspondent. Yeah, I, I go with that. Um, Sarah's husband and my dating uh, my dating guru, is he my hitch? Your, your digital yeah. wingman? Yeah, my digital wingman, my hitch to my your, Kevin your, James. Your social media manager. Yeah. Just <laughs> building the Justin brand. Exactly. So we're going to have... Uh, Sarah's husband, Brian's going to sit in with us and I'm just going to rip through a couple of the dating tips that Gerard Butler gave in this movie. And we're going to, uh, three of us just real quick, go through whether we think that there's some water that holds to them or whether it's complete bunk. This will be interesting that it is, um, a married couple who I feel can be very honest with each other. Cause that's an important thing in marriage. So I feel like even if you differ, it'll be okay. And, um, then me who I'm sure Stephanie, my girlfriend is listening right now. So, um, so did you guys watch 300 or what movie is this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, no, Brian. We are, we are watching. You've heard Gerard Butler said a lot. Uh, this is actually a little movie called The Ugly Truth, oh. where Gerard Butler basically plays you to me to an extent. He gives Catherine <laughs> Heigl tips. Okay, I'll take it. Um, so one, that he, one rule that he gave her, rule number one, never criticize. Men are incapable of growth, change, or progress. For men, self-improvement ends at toilet training. Wow. So... I'm going to say, on. I'll start it off. I was going to say, shaving is out, but both of you have beards, so I guess <laughs> I, guess I was right. Never uh, criticize. Wow, I, I've never really heard that one. I mean, yeah. I guess dudes can be a, a bit sensitive, yeah. but I don't know if I'd go that far to say never criticize. Yeah, I th- That's a tough one for me. I think, I think with these rules, he does say never, but maybe we should take him in the guise of when the initial dates. That's what I was going to say, yeah, know? coming out of the gate. Let's say within the first... Let's say these rules apply to the first 10 dates. Does that sound good? Because then you're getting comfortable. Like, you know, you're comfortable, but you're Mm -hmm. still like kind of minding your P's and Q's. Sure. Let's say first 10 dates. And also, I mean, I feel like the dating world's changed so much since we were, I don't know, single, just starting to date. I mean, I don't know. My sister does the online dating thing, and I always joke with her. It seems like she has to break up with every guy she goes on a date with, and mm-hmm. she's not interested. So I guess my point is, it seems like people these days have to be way more honest yeah. out of the gate than mm-hmm. I feel like we were, because they're like texting each other or messaging each other through Tinder after the date and everything like that. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like times have changed a little bit in terms of being like super honest criticism however you want to say like but more access to each other yeah i mean i think it depends on your personality too i mean i think you can criticize in kind of a jokey way mm-hmm. or you can criticize and like really crush somebody's spirit <laughs> yeah which i wouldn't recommend no i'd agree i'd agree with that um i would say if i came out the gate like date one or two and the girl's like you know, like, what's up with those boat shoes? <laughs> what if like, she's nagging just picking you? at you? Yeah, if she's... Well, ah, man, that's the weird thing. If a girl kind of came out the gate and was, like, playful nagging, 
I'm, I might roll with that a little bit, but I get what you're saying. Like, it's it's a weird line you got to walk. I don't I think never criticize like Angelina Jolie. What do you mean? If she started an anime? Like smoke show. She can do whatever she wanted to. Right. It's just like, she's like a hard ass. Well, again, Catherine Heigl comes out the gate like, what's up with your busted shorts? Like, I, I was just throwing them out. Let's go buy me some pants, honey. I can see your wiener. I, I think then we can agree on this that... It is a poorly phrased rule, and as it sits, maybe we don't care for it. If you are crazy criticizing them, wrong person, but you should be able to have an open dialogue. Or you're in a yeah, I think so. I think the normal behavior is to criticize them to your friends, mm. <laughs> not yeah. to their yeah. faces, I guess. I don't know. Here, here's one that'll be interesting. Rule, rule number two, again, I'm jumping around, laugh at whatever he says. A <laughs> fake laugh is like a fake orgasm. They'll never be able to tell. Honestly, my friend Laura is so good at laughing at people, and it endears her to people like nobody's business. And she's not faking it, so I guess it works. Mm -hmm. She just laughs, and people you can see people just be like, "Bing," Mm -hmm. because they just love getting that attention. Yeah, I think you just have to be really good at it. Like when Justin first read it, I was like, "Okay, this one I can't get on with," just because you don't want. If you're telling a story and it's not meant to be funny and someone's well, just yeah. like laughing and giggling, <laughs> you just start to think like, okay, this person isn't very bright or right. we're not a good fit because right. I wasn't trying to be funny. But yeah, like, I mean, I think definitely if... Laughter is like... Yeah, it's kind of intoxicating or fun. Like absolutely. you don't want a Debbie Downer, so... You feel powerful. Yeah, yeah I think I think the key is you just have to be amazingly good at it, I guess, yeah. or just good with your timing. You either are enjoying moments. yourself... And took a lot of shrooms, or you <laughs> are really good at faking it. Well, but I would say that you you guys are more talking about just endearing yourself to a person. This is the context of dating. I would say if you are having to fake every laugh with that person yeah. again, run away. Yeah, ripcord that bad boy and get out of there. Um, if it's one or two, like you know, they really think they landed like a hard joke, and you care about them. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah chocolate something. If sure. you're if you're having to fake every laugh, get yeah, out. Then of I there. said no, but you're 100 percent right. That's a really good way to connect with people mm-hmm. in general. Is like. People like people that find them funny or think they're interesting. Oh my God! You're, when your sister says I'm funny, ah, absolutely love love your <laughs> music sister. to your ears. Love Maria, I've said my for favorite years. person. Yeah, now. for years I thought I'm hysterical, and someone finally <laughs> Good verbalized to be confirmed. it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here here will actually be kind of an interesting run. Rule number three: Men are very visual. We have to change your look. You're a very attractive woman, but you're completely inaccessible. You are all about comfort. Comfort and efficiency. And efficiency <laughs> says the woman wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And it looks good. So, Brian, do you feel that a woman <laughs> should have to change her look entirely <laughs> to get that man? No, because the first date I wore yeah. this ridiculously long, awful teacher dress because Brian told me that he was coming to the date in work clothes. So I just wore my work clothes. And that is the first and last time I ever wore that skirt because it was so teacher frumpy. What was I wearing? Just like jeans and a polo or yeah, something? Yeah, you had changed. And you're like, oh, I went home and changed. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> so what you're saying is you changed your look for Brian. You were no, te- you were I was teacher just like, I'm going to wear this. That It was like, a, you know, I had just started grad school. It was my first day of teaching. Well, it was like my first week of teaching. And my mom had given me this skirt. And I was like, this will be good for teaching because she'd been a teacher forever. It was fine, but it was very frumpy, like like to the ankle. It had like tiny hearts on it. 
And I was like, this doesn't feel like me. But Brian said he was going to wear his work clothes, so I don't want to make him feel bad. So I have to wear my work clothes. And then, yeah, I was thinking, like, I don't want to make him feel bad because <laughs> he doesn't have a chance to change. Seriously, I was thinking about your feelings. And then you come out, and I'm Aww. like, God damn it. And it was, like, such a teacher to the extreme outfit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's so funny because I feel like each one of these questions kind of have that same pretense, like be this fake person that dudes will like. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's dangerous. Absolutely. As somebody, you know... That's it's very gone, girl. Yeah, I mean, like, how long can you keep that up? Like, <clears throat> if you're going to fake laugh at everything and, like, mm-hmm. wear clothes that you don't normally wear, I mean, I think it's just kind of... Until you trap that man. But, but kind recipe. of on the flip side to it, the interesting part is these do speak to putting your best foot forward maybe initially. Yeah. Because believe me, if I walked into some and of my first dates... yank that rug out from under. <laughs> well, if I walked into some of my first dates like I really am, one, I mean, 100%, I would be very single sure. for a long time. No, I was thinking about that too, but I mean, I think there's Solid a difference between like... <laughs> chronically. There's chronically. a difference between though, like best version of yeah. yourself and like being somebody else completely. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. you're going to go to an interview, yeah. like you know you could make the recommendation of yeah that's a good totally point. dressing Best like a different person acting like a different person i feel like that's hard to keep up yeah. with but you can be put together and go to the interview and still be like best version of you yeah. living your best life. That's right. So that's a good point. Throwing then, that skirt away. After Catherine Heigl asked Gerard Butler whether Colin liked her or whatever. And he just says, listen to you desperately asking me if you sound <laughs> desperate. <laughs> this just makes me think to when I would kind of come to you after I went <laughs> on a couple dates and I looked at some of the questions I probably asked you where me even saying the words aloud, it'd be like, I got the answer I want already. Like, yeah. hey man, should I call her? Do I sound too desperate? It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, if you have to ask that question, you probably do sound I too I do desperate. that too. Yeah. It drives me crazy, but I'm like very, I'm, you know, an extrovert. It's like I get, I work through things by talking to people. So I'll talk through things and I'll be like, I have to stop. <laughs> I sound desperate, but I can't stop. Or if something happens, like I feel like I embarrass myself at a party, I'll talk to Brian the entire way home about it because I'm just fixated on it. Yep. It's like, stop it. Just stop it. I think it's good to have a sounding board too. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in your head, it's such a big deal. And then sometimes when you verbalize it, you're like, okay, this wasn't that big of a deal. Or it's clear to me, like you said. Or vice versa, that you maybe don't <laughs> think you're being desperate, but you're not really. T- sometimes sure. if you're thinking it. Or you brown out and yell at a redheaded person and then completely forget and people tell you you were being weird. Yes, you could do that. Uh, and I think, I think too, though, like... I, that, Sarah was telling us the story of her doing that in Las Vegas for anyone listening that wasn't here that before I did this it. podcast. And I think, like, when people go out on dates with people, they're so hyper-aware of themselves, or especially if you like them, or, like, if there's somebody at work or something you have a crush on or school, whatever, it's like you want it to work so bad mm. that you just start thinking of all these millions of different like pathways to getting it to work. Mm. Gosh, and like, you just have that. to, I don't know, sometimes talk to somebody to say like, yeah. is this crazy the one for thing me I'll... to show up at their house and whatever? It's like, Oh, too soon. Mm-hmm. Like too. the one thing I will say, the one thing I will say to that, that I was absolutely the king of not when you, you know, when I was later dating in life, but like high school and kind of early college, um, make sure that you have sounding boards that you trust and then fucking listen to it. Because I know I would like 
goddamn cherry pick so much i'd be like you know oh i know this person's gonna tell me what i want to hear in this instance i talked to him they tell me and i'd be like hell yeah i'm doing okay and then i'd be and then i know they were gonna tell me that something i did was wrong so i wouldn't talk to them Uh. i'd talk to this (laughs) other person so like deep down i know like find some find one or two people you trust and just if if they tell you you're doing wrong get yourself a brian yeah get yourself maybe he'll get into this as a side career or something he did Mm. great um but yeah and if your friends are telling you if every one of your friends is telling you something and you disagree, maybe you should listen maybe to you're on. You know, maybe you should listen to those friends. But this last quote is one that is really more. Um, I, just, I just want us to give some people like a like a kick in the butt, and make them feel good by how much we disagree with this statement. Well, not disagree with this statement, but we can rebut to it. Um, but you want a relationship? Then here's how you get one. It's called a stairmaster. Get on it. Get skinny. Get some trashy lingerie while you're at it. Because at the end of the day, all we're interested in is looks. No one falls in love with your personality at first sight. You got kind of Boston in there. I know. I like that. <laughs> you like that? That's yeah. That's good. That's good. Wait, do you want I me like to it. try Irish? Because no one falls in love with your personality at first <laughs> That's sight. That's Scottish. That, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, Irish is more lilting. Wait, you do it, dude. No one falls in love with your personality at first sight. Come on, with an Irish. Lay it on me. No one falls in love with your personality at first sight. That didn't sound like an accent except the last <laughs> sight. Oh, my word. Ryan, you want to try an accent on this, this one? This has gone straight off the rails. <laughs> <No>? Okay. <laughs> um, but no, all I want to get into this is that I think there are some people that truly believe this. I know I used to like blast it in the gym and in college because I was like, well, I'm really nervous and I have no confidence. If I have like big biceps, mission accomplished, uh, then things are going to be okay. Definitely. Um, Especially for chicks. Well, but, but at the same time, it's not like, a two way street there, but at the same time, like, you know, like we've talked about so far in all these questions, and things you have to be cool with who you are and who you are is who you're going to be. Well, I'm not male. So Brian, you should weigh on Get out of because town. can you believe it? <laughs> because, uh, girls don't think body first, but it seems like guys do more. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say two things. One, I think the message comes through a little strangely because I know it's directed towards Catherine Heigl who's super hot yeah. which is like just kind of an odd thing mm. like she needs to tighten up like I, I just don't get that yeah, what kind of but, no he yeah. yelled that at oh. the screen this is okay. during his show more general yeah in nature and Catherine Heigl was watching the screen okay and here's the second thing which I think is important in conversations with friends of mine guy friends of mine about girls the thing that's super evident is people have different taste in women like their body types very different like spicy dave likes more of like the super skinny tall like i i always dated girls that were shorter than me like Mm. whatever like i you know like some people people like different things so it's hard to like say that there's one like silver bullet or one like male point of view to say like i wish she was skinnier or when one guy i think I wish she was curvier or had yeah. more meat on her bones or whatever. Like, I think like there's honestly so many different points of view on it that it's hard to, to, to get on board with that. And it's shifting all the time. It's like sports illustrated in the eighties. Everyone had tiny butts and giant boobs. And now it's like, bring me that butt. Yeah. <laughs> am I right? Bring am me I right or am I right? Also, I think, I think kind of as we're going through these, these dating tips, the real dating tips from, uh, the ugly truth, what they really come down to is a lot of them have kind of a kernel of truth in them, but what they all seem to like 
distill down to is put your best self out there, but make it your genuine best self. Cause like someone like, you're going to find the right person putting your best self yeah. out there. Yeah. But I mean, make he it fell genuine. in love with her being yeah. herself. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're, she was an efficient taskmaster. Yeah. Good at her job. And he, that's what he fell in love with. Yeah. And if you're a goofball, be a goofball, but be the best damn goofball you can be. You know, yeah. I think, okay, cool. So we do have an email here, man. We are getting into some relationship advice here. And I, <laughs> I kind of like that aspect of the podcast. Mm-hmm. We have someone who's successfully married. Love and someone line. Who is, uh, Long-term dating, and it also has made every dating misstep possible. So I feel like we have a good... Possible. Yeah. I've made a lot. How many stids you got? (laughs) (laughs) I have made not every dating mistake possible. Um, So the email reads, Hey, Sarah and Justin, long time, first time. And the ugly truth... What? And the ugly truth... They heard the last podcast. I knew that's what you're doing. The ugly truth, Catherine Heigl has a real hang-up on guys who don't meet all of the criteria on her list. Yeah. Are lists really a bad thing, though? What do you think absolutely needs to be on a list as a deal-breaker? And what absolutely shouldn't be? Or do personal lists just need to be completely abandoned? They need to be completely personal. There is <laughs> okay. no... There is no universal list. Mm-hmm. But are we you, just talking about deal breakers in general? Like your yeah. list is like what your deal breakers are. Deal breaker lady. I think it's combination of deal breakers. I think it would be both. I think it would be. So it's the positive glass half full version yeah. of. I'd kind of taken the context of this email both ways of like deal breakers and what you are looking for. Yeah, and, like uh, if you are super into being yeah. Christian. You gotta find somebody well, yeah, like that's that. Well, yeah, good point. Yeah, there's no getting around that. I like what you're saying. The only caveat I'd put to it is like, you know, be a little flexible, even though, because like sometimes people will really surprise you out of no- you know out of nowhere. Meet someone that is like a. I know they say opposites don't actually attract, but every once in a while you'll meet somebody that just like, you yeah, know, is a good a good juxtaposition. I mean, you have to know yourself. Yeah. If you know yourself and know what matters the most to you. Yeah. So th- this was written by Dana. So what you would tell Dana is, hey, Dana, you can make a list. Just make sure you're being true to yourself. Same going back to what you were saying right. earlier. Just be, know yourself and the best version of yourself. And if you find a guy or a girl that you really like and somehow you still want to pursue, then just throw that list out the window. Thanks for letting <laughs> me join, considering I've never seen it before. Yeah, this no, thanks really for fun. sitting in. I think you gave our uh, listeners... Uh, some good some good feedback and uh, i heard you, you guys bo- you guys both gave it a seven which is really interesting yeah. after mm-hmm. the skating review well, from again, you and the glowing about, review from sarah it's not about how much you like it or dislike this it, whether it hit them yeah wow. how much of a rom-com it is if i was giving it a how much does justin like this movie i'd give it like a three eight uh, <laughs> the main takeaway is drink before watching <laughs> exactly you'll like things so much more so everybody if you want to give us some feedback on this episode or any others feel free to send us an email at romcomcomdot.com at gmail.com again we are still working on getting that actual web address that should be coming shortly if you want to give us any general thoughts thoughts on old episodes or i guess relationship advice now maybe we'll make many episodes if we get how did you meet your spouse oh yeah did you any real life meet would be fun yeah so were there deal breakers that you walked away from yeah there's a lot of great feedback so please if we get enough emails at some point maybe we'll make a mini have you ever been in a polyamorous relationship or a hot air balloon ugh (laughs) I hope not so I'm gonna uh, have to look that up on Urban Dictionary (laughs) absolutely (laughs) hot air balloon relationship (laughs) oh jeez Louise 
I want to thank this. It's is where my... you love the structure of the balloon and you see it as a, a thing. I still, <laughs> I, I still don't get it. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to thank this is my suitcase for our opening and closing theme song. Please check them out. You can find them anywhere online that you find music as well as a lot of their good side projects like Mary Lynn and uh, Classical Baby. Please rate and review us on any of the places that you can find our podcasts like iTunes and all that. And Sarah, what what movie are you thinking we should do next? You seem pretty oh. good at picking these out, didn't oh, we? No. Oh, no. Oh, we need to do a heavy hitter. What would that be? My best friend's wedding. So we're doing a heavy hitter next week, you would say then. Yes, that is a heavy hitter. Okay, so next week, everybody, we will be watching My Best Friend's Wedding. Yes. Feel free to watch it if you feel like, and if not... Eh, we'll let you know what it basically is like. We'll tell you all about it. Yeah, so that being that, I think that's everything. So, Sarah, I had fun this week. Me too. <laughs> and to all the listeners out there, I hope you did too. And thanks. Bye. For listening. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you can uncover your ears.